Well, we'll see how this goes. I'm sure adding Boris to the call will help. episode insert number here i'm sam ginsburg and here is mike boris thank you sam uh you sound a lot like morbo from futurama when you do that and it makes me laugh oh man i never uh, thought of it that way yeah you what else like, do not work that way how are the children morbo belligerent and numerous <laughs> um anyways welcome to bruise day tuesday uh i believe last week Sam was one of those rare weeks where you actually did not produce an episode. Yeah, well, so that's actually why I said insert episode number, because uh, Tyler was supposed to do one without me, and it is not up yet, and he has been dodging my questions about where it is. I'm shocked. Shocked. (laughs) So this should be episode 205, but depending on how things work, either it'll be episode 204 and the other one will end up being 205, or his episode just will not exist. And of course, you're not going to cut that part so that the listeners who just heard what number it was will already know. Uh, yeah, no, no. I'm going to leave it how it is. All right. Excellent. Tyler just told me he's hoping to have it up by Tuesday. So one week late, which is okay. honestly, I, I go as bad as five or six days late sometimes. So right. it's not too bad. Yeah, I guess in the end he's doing things. I'm doing nothing. I can't really criticize. But I did get to meet Tyler last week at uh, Sam and Emily's wedding. Sam and Three Stacks wedding. It's so wild to me that you guys hadn't met before. Like, it makes total sense when else would it have happened, but you guys have just talked on the internet so much. I know. I was, like, explaining it to my girlfriend on the way there. She was like, wait, so how do you know Tyler? And I'm like, oh, we, like, do this podcast together. She's like, okay, so you're, like, online buddies? (laughs) And, like, you've never actually met? I mean, I think it, it probably sounds better if you say, I know him through Sam. Yes, but, like, specifically, we don't, we've never hung out, and... Right. You're right, it is just weird, because I feel like I know so much about Tyler, because we've done probably at least 30 of these episodes together, probably more. Yeah, if I uh, kept the spreadsheet up to date, I could tell you the number, but I don't. Uh, so you can't. So I can't. But what I can tell you is what I'm drinking. Oh, yeah, that's a thing we do. So I'll do that. I have a beer from Dark Horse Brewing Co. that makes a beer called Scotty Karate that I really like. I'm pretty sure this is them. But this is their Sapient Trip Ale, Belgian-style triple. So it's 9.5% ABV, as well as should be. Got a little bit of a corniness and a maltiness in the nose. And I get a lot of... uh, a lot of cloviness and a little bit of a molasses type sweetness. My first instinct when I was unpacking this flavor in my head was, does this taste a little bit like baked beans? <laughs> but it doesn't taste like baked beans. It tastes like baked bean, like the juice, which is, as oh, far well, as I'm aware, like brown sugar and molasses, which is why baked beans are delicious. Right. So I think it's okay. just molassesy, 
in, in college, once we brewed a beer with a shitload of molasses because because we were uh, reverse engineering a George Washington beer recipe, and that beer fucking sucked. But this is good, I think, because it isn't just molasses. It's also actually beer. Um, do you blame the recipe or, like, operator error for the, uh, the beer sucking? Hmm. Well, to answer your question, it would be the recipe. But I think part of it is, you know, as time goes on, we get better at doing things. Probably right. in George Washington's day, all the beer sucked, and so his was fine. Oh, certainly. They didn't even know what yeast was. They just had to, like, leave uh, wort out, and it magically became beer. And then probably God did it or something. Right. Or fairies or whatever. Yeah. And um, so now well, we know how to make good beer, and we do that. So when you go back to an old recipe, it's not as good. Although there are some of those beers like uh, Midas Touch, which is based on a super-duper old recipe, and that beer's still good. I feel like they have to say based on so that they can, like, barely incorporate it into the research and then be like, oh, but we're still going to use all the, like, delicious modern ingredients yeah. we have. It, I, I don't know exactly how true to the original that stuff ever is. Well, I am coming at you with Lagunitas 12th of Never Ale. Um, I was surprised first that I found a Lagunitas beer that I haven't had before. I like them a lot, but they're also just, like, ridiculously popular across the country. Probably one of the biggest microbrews out there. Well, if you call them that, sure. Oh, did they get bought? Am I going to be sad in a minute? Didn't we talk about this before? Okay, well, you're you're on notice, Lagunitas. Um, but anyways, I've never seen this Lagunitas before, so I grabbed it. It just says ale. It doesn't really specify style. It's 5.5%, and it comes in a fun Lagunitas can. Um, I got a 12-pack of them, actually. I really committed here, because I was about to buy, like, an 18 of uh, PBR, and this was right next to it and about the same price. So I'm guessing it's sort of like the their shot at a easy drinking ale. It's weird that it would just be ale and not pale ale. Hey, associate producer, can you look up what the style of this beer is? What's it called? I was only sort of listening. Did you hear, did uh, you hear that voice? It's Boris? called Lagunitas 12th of Never. She's on it. Sweet. It's my favorite thing in uh, podcasts I listen to where... One of the hosts will say something and be like, I feel like I remember this was this. I don't remember. And then 30 seconds later, if the producer hasn't looked up, looked it up yet, he just starts yelling at them. I don't know if I want to start doing that thing. But... No, I don't want to either. I think it would probably not help my very new marriage. Yeah, try to break that one-week mark, hey. Well, we're... I guess you did that. Try to break that two-week mark. Yeah. I know it's setting the bar pretty high, but... um. Yeah, so I took a sip of this, and that's pretty much what it is. It's very light. It's very easy drinking. Um, I don't know why they didn't call it pale ale, because that's basically what it is. I think it's slightly hoppier than your average pale ale, but this is actually, I think, a very good application of hops for this kind of beer, where it's not super bitter. It definitely, I could drink it like a PBR just very quickly and without really thinking about it, but there is a good hop zing to it that I like. But it's not super aggressive or anything, so... Uh, according to our lovely producer, it's an APA, but probably is not backing that up. No, I think it does come out later on, but I feel like even a lot of pale ales today are very aggressive with the hops right away, and yeah. this one sort of sits on it a bit to the point where it's actually very, very drinkable. And so is your plan to slam three of these during the recording? Uh, two, I think. It's a, it's a Sunday night after all. Tuesday night, excuse me. There it is. Uh, and uh, did you tell us the ABV? I believe it's... 5.5. 5.5. Okay, so as a, as a session, well, I guess it's not explicitly a session, but it seems like that's what you're saying it's for. 
It's a tiny bit high, but still in the range. Yeah, that's actually... I think that's approaching dangerous, given how drinkable this beer is. Uh, that's a double-edged sword. It sure is. Shall we move on to articles? I think we're... Since it's just us, we're running short here. We're going to do, like, a lightning round, and then maybe if something really sounds controversial, we can dig in. Yeah, sure. So, should we do all six of these? Like, I was going to do, like, three and then three and three. Okay. Well, first comes to us from New York Times. Oh, man, I have the mobile version up. That's annoying. I guess I could just... the failing New York Times? Uh, Our president likes to call them. Oh. Yeah, that guy's a a real so-and-so. From the New York Times, small brewers relied on rapier. Now Bud's maker owns a stake. So I didn't actually look at this much because that's Tyler's job, and uh, his internet pooped its pants. So I don't know if there's anything new here, but we've talked about this before. And Tyler and I basically were saying clearly AB is taking this over so they can try and get a different kind of foothold in the craft scene. And Zach accused us both of being conspiracy theorists. <laughs> uh, Boris, what do you um, have to say? I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I see what you mean, and I think it's definitely a possibility. I think they would be... So you're talking about, like, AB removing negative reviews of the microbreweries that they own and operate right it, um, it could be that it could be them looking at data that they only have access to because they're partial owners and you know making business decisions based on that data it could be changing the search engine to find you know yeah not real craft beer but what people think is craft beer that is like you know find 10 barrel or something because that's ab owned right I'm kind of curious what it means that they got ownership. Like, does that actually grant them access to the data that you're talking about or the ability to, like, put ads for their own fake microbrews in there? Not only do I not know, I don't have any idea how I would figure that out. There's just so much text here, Tyler. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think sometimes these long ones, I think sometimes he throws those out right away. But we didn't get a chance to... Let's be real, the the sites that our articles come from are rarely as reputable or in-depth as the New York Times. So. Yeah. So that's our quick and dirty hot take. Let's move on to BurlingtonFreePress.com. I kind of was looking forward to getting Tyler's take on this because it's a Vermont thing. So this is all about how... The, the fuck is this about? The 15-pack brew loyalty or race to the bottom for craft beer. If I had to guess what it's about, I'd say it's they want to sell their beer in 15-packs and other people are like... No, that's bad for your beer or something. Man, it's we shit on Tyler a lot for being incompetent, which in our defense he is. But oh man, we're falling apart without him actually knowing these things. Oh boy. So I thought what this was about was trying lots of stuff versus sticking with old reliable. But maybe that's a different one of these articles and we'll get to it later, but I thought it was this one. The uh, but the but yeah, you're right. They're talking about the rise of the craft 15 pack. I think I might have never seen it. Probably looks a lot like a 12-pack, so... Yeah, well, that's true. I don't know if I've seen it, to be quite honest. But, but I'm, I'm I'm fucking good at counting. I would know if I had bought a 15-pack. You bought a 15-pack. Fuck. Um, oh, someone's worried about it reducing brewery... Oh, this is Boston Beer Company's CEO, Jim Cox, said Coach. Coke. I think it's Coke. It's spelled like Coke Brothers, so I'm going to go with that. I think it is. Uh... He basically says, oh, this is going to reduce brewery uh, revenue, which seems like maybe, but like they could always price it better for themselves. But isn't that the point of buying in bulk? I don't know. 
I mean, it, it seems like, yeah, as, as with anything, when you sell more of it, if you sell it in a bigger package, you can price it slightly lower because you're guaranteeing higher sales volume. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like he's just learning this for the first time, <laughs> which is a weird for CEO. I, I, I doubt that that is the case, but... It also just, like, to add three cans to your 12-packs, which already exists, like, price it up if you need to. I don't know. It's a very avoidable phenomenon. I mean, yeah, if you're really that worried about it, just increase the price of your 12-pack by 25%, then it'll be no more financially efficient, and probably people will still buy it. Right people who are just like oh i like that brand i'll take 15 instead of 12 sure yeah they do point out the founders all day ipa which three stacks pointed out to me that i have bought before 15 pack but that is worth buying in a 15 pack because that's a good beer and you want a lot of it as the name implies that's enough for this article moving right along dumb get out of here tyler state get your internet together got him speaking of a dumb fool this comes to us from fool.com Uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev's clever new marketing strategy to the homebrew market. And the great thing about that is I don't know what it is. Mm. Tyler? Ah, fuck, he's still not here. This is killing me. (laughs) Yeah, he hasn't magically joined since the last time he uh, left. Okay, so AB is selling kits, like brew your own beer type kits. Are they? Man, you're better at skimming than I am. I, I got to the picture of the little homebrew stuff to be honest. Oh, I kind of just figured that was about... Stock image. Yeah, well, this, that's definitely a stock... It, it even says it's from Getty Images, which is like the main stock image place. Right. Hey, let's just take two minutes and actually read slash skim this. It looks like they're just getting their like sub-breweries to start producing um, like homebrew kits. Like You can buy a kit of goose island and brew their 312 ale uh so you don't have to just pee directly into your mouth (laughs) boom yeah so i guess i don't i do understand the point of a kit and uh we did way back when before i ever actually home brewed brew straight out of a kit called mr beer and that stuff tasted nasty but uh at the brew supply store they will sell you like if you have a real home brewing setup they'll sell you a kit which is just like the grains, the hops, and the yeast that you need for a specific style. And it's not a style as in, like you said, the Goose Island 312. It'll just be like wheat pale ale. And that, and you know, you take that, you take it home, you brew it, it's a wheat pale ale. And that's like, that's cool that you can do that, especially if you want to get into homebrewing and you don't know that much about either writing recipes or about your own personal taste. If you know, I only like a couple kind of beer. One of them is a red ale. I'll just brew this red ale that I can make myself. And that's that's a really cool intro into what is a very enjoyable hobby. I think that the idea of them selling, you know, essentially clone kits is odd. It seems like they would be cannibalizing a little bit. Like, isn't that just going to take the people who want to drink 312 and now they'll make their own 312 and not buy your 312? Or is the idea that snooty-ass homebrewers like me aren't going to buy 312, but I'll brew it. Probably a little bit of the second. I also, if it probably, these kits probably brew like a 12-pack at a time, like one gallon tops. And so I think they sell those for like more than you would just pay for a 12-pack of 312 or whatever. Does it um, say how much they make? No, but I think the ones I've seen are like one gallon. 
Oh, I didn't realize that. So that's um, that's freaking annoying. It also like let's be real, like how many people who are brewing out of these packs are like going to actually brew something that closely resembles the brand of what they want to make? Like they don't have the kind of equipment, they don't have the experience, they don't have like the knowledge that these companies have. Like you really fucking think you're going to just like whip up a batch of grandma's special cookies when you don't even know how to bake. Right. Yeah. On two separate occasions, I've tried to clone Southern Tier Crimberly Milk Stout, which is one of the best beers ever, and both times it did not turn out well. I think I've tried one of those times. Yeah, probably. It was, like, fine. I think it was just, like, a vanilla porter. It was, like, okay, but it wasn't mind-blowing. Yeah. Whereas Crimberly actually is. Right. All right, we're halfway through our lightning round of articles. I thought we would uh, come back up and ask Sam how uh, married life has been so far. Well, so I think we might have a little bit of a sampling bias here. But from what I can tell about married life, you spend about 80% of it getting wasted in Portland, Oregon. Okay. So that's pretty cool. What have I been scared of all these years? Well, I think what might be happening here is that I was on my honeymoon. And then then maybe that's not just what you always do. And that's why I'm back here and have to work. Interesting. Cool. Well, tell us about Oregon. How was it? So it was it was really fresh. Uh, we but we we really did j- mostly just do alcohol related things. Like we went on, we went to breweries. We went on brewery tours. We went on a distillery tour. We hit up a couple other distilleries on Distillery Row, and then also like we ate donuts and shit. Mm. Sounds like a wonderful vacation that I would need like many salads to recover from. Yeah, oh man, the that's the lunch I got in the airport on the way home was I got a salad. And then we It's like I need a damn vegetable. Yeah. And then tonight we actually had frozen pizza for dinner and we're both commenting on like how refreshing it was to get away from greasy food. <laughs> like that's that's how greasy we were dealing with was coming back to pizza. It's like, oh, I feel like I want to cleanse now. <laughs> and also the fact that this is my first beer of the day and it's the evening also makes me feel like I'm on a cleanse. When did you get back? We got back into Madison on Sunday. Nice. That being two days prior to the recording of this podcast. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, welcome back. Yeah. So you're back to the real world yesterday? Yeah. I'm sure it will have gone poorly. <laughs> it's an odd tense we chose there for yeah. our verbs. But yeah. Whatever. On. Whatever. Cool. Well, Ruth said to say thank you for a wonderful time. Wedding was great. The reception was great. Chicago's fun. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Oh, we said Mary a lot. Speaking of, loved seeing Mary at your wedding. And how did she get chosen to do the blessing or whatever? I thought that was fun. Because uh, we like her. <laughs> we pretty much just like... You were just there... like, she looks like she could read some things for us. Well, we knew there were three readings. And one was supposed to be Old Testament, one was supposed to be New Testament. So it made sense for my Jewish aunt to do the Old Testament one and Emily's Jewish, non-Jewish aunt to do the New Testament one. And then we are like, well, for the other one, we should pick someone that's special to both of us. And uh, Mary's special to both of us. She's really cool. And also not terrified of public speaking. Yeah, yeah, and also, and and like a a charismatic person who's good at that type of shit. Yeah, she definitely has a high uh, charisma bonus there. Yeah. Oh man, and then she and uh, she and Senor Tesla cutting a rug, making everyone look like chumps. Yeah, what? Yeah, they met in ballroom dance class. 
Yeah, I, I remembered that as I was, like, watching, and I was just like, oh, but still, like, you don't just break that out at weddings. Like, come on, man. I think you do, though, because when the fuck else are you gonna? <laughs> yeah, I guess it is a very specific, like, hobby or task that you get to display publicly, and so you might as well embrace it when you can, but, man, I felt like a chump. I mean, it's not like they were waltzing to Gangnam Style or something. They were they were ballroom dancing to ballroom dance songs for the most part. That is true. Still, I just my natural reaction when someone's better than me at something is to be jealous of them. So. Well, that is yeah, that is natural as long as it doesn't turn into fury. Yes, we will avoid that. I actually took my girlfriend salsa dancing once recently because oh, yeah? one of my other female friends is very into it, and we like went to this like they have like open dances for this club but like of course everyone's really good and my other friend is like trying to coach us through it and my girlfriend was just like i'm bored i want to do the like spins and flips and i was like i am barely hanging on here (laughs) sick like step forward step back rhythm so it didn't go well yeah you gotta walk before you can run with that stuff yeah that's true clearly she has the grace in this relationship but also it doesn't take that long to get up to speed at the end of uh my second ballroom class, I was doing a throw. I didn't know you did ballroom, Sam. I did in college because it's easy credits. So I did it senior year. Nice. And I was I was uh, good enough that I made it into the uh, the end of semester recital. By which I mean I was male enough that they needed me in the <laughs> end of the year recital. Uh, good. Um, well, I, I actually that makes sense because I was watching your mother Sundance and I was like, wow, he must have had some sort of formal training the, or something there. You can only dance so good to 500 miles with your mom. <laughs> with your mom, did you? I this is my favorite thing. Did you see there were a few parts where I was dancing her too hard and she made me stop? Yes, yes, we all saw that. Uh, apparently, it's, she told me she was laughing so hard that she was going to pee her pants. <laughs> yeah, so amazing. she made me calm down. That's amazing. Oh, speaking of amazing, I have to tell you something that happened at the cookout after you left. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. So, you remember the back when you were here in Madison, the the many afternoons we we burned away trying to make can jam, like trying to get an ace, get it solo? Trying to just like chuck a frisbee from about 30 feet away into a bucket. Yeah. Yes, I remember. Uh, so, after you left... Jed did it, didn't he? Jed, that little fucker. Uh, actually, I did it. You did it. Yeah. Jed, okay, well, Jed, was, Jed was so determined that we basically just stood apart from each other, throwing a disc back and forth, going for the same bucket. And I got it. And I so obviously I was immediately done. And he's like, yeah, it's cool that you made it. You know, I could have done it whenever and then flipped it up and missed by like a while. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh, Jed, Jed, Jed. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad he didn't get it. <laughs> in the same vein that I mentioned before where when people are better than me at things I get jealous because he was just like like with the fidget spinner he was just like oh I wonder if I could like flip this and he like dicked around with it for 30 seconds and then was just like doing tricks and everything and I was just like god damn it he's one of those people isn't he that's just like well I don't know how to juggle and then they're like juggling five different objects yeah he, he could totally juggle if he actually wanted to but it's <laughs> it's all relative because it took him like seven years to get through college yeah, look, strengths and weaknesses. Uh, it just so happens that my strength is not as fun at barbecues. Yeah, yeah. As uh, being really good at random shit. I'm so I'm so glad you have that that strong negative reaction towards Jed. I think everyone should, and you knew him only like a day and already developed that. 
Right. Look, Jed is another one of my internet friends that I only know from the podcast and now have seen once in real life. Great dude, but yeah, he needs to stop being so damn good at things. He's a great A-weener. So uh, what have you been up to, dog? Things? Stuff? Um, things and stuff. After your, your wedding, we went into Chicago for uh, the weekend. We saw some friends. We went on a beautiful architecture cruise. If you're ever in Chicago, can't really recommend it enough. It was a lot of fun. It was Fuck, dude, you're right so much like, classier than I am. It was the, well, someone at work was like, don't worry, it's like actually fun. And it was, I heard it from multiple people, so we decided to try it. It was just a very nice night, and it was the right level of like, informative on like that eighth grade level where you're like oh this is all nice and like nothing was too in-depth or not entertaining enough that i got bored plus it was cool just to see chicago and be outside on a nice day but i don't know since then i'm actually uh volunteering to teach computer science next fall as like a lab assistant in a high school so i was at a training all day for that yesterday and i have one more coming up but hopefully in the next couple times you talk to me i'll be working with high school students on learning Java. And is that just out of the good of your heart? Yeah, basically. I have been wanting to do something like more than just donate money to the things that I think need money. I think that it's a worthwhile cause to teach more people about programming because I didn't learn about it until like halfway through college and now it's how I pay my bills. So I'm really excited about things that get coding in front of kids earlier. So I think this would be a good way to use my skills to do that that man i feel like a real wiener you're just like oh oh who me i just appreciated architecture and i'm in and i'm educating the children in my spare time it's like look i gave you i gave you the watered down version i left out the part where we went to a place called kaiser tiger in chicago which is one of those like meat meat and beer restaurants and they had this dish that was like 90 dollars, and it was for like five people that was like a sausage wrapped in bacon, wrapped in beef, wrapped in more sausage type thing. And then you could buy a slice of it um, on like a sandwich. And I bought a slice of like the meatiest meat dish I've ever seen in my life. So it's not all, it's not all like butterflies and rainbows, you know? And then you took a, took a picture of it and sent it to the roaches with a, with a middle finger emoji. Oh, are they veg now? I mean, Ellie yes, has Ellie been is. forever, Ellie but. Is, and that pretty much makes Greg one, doesn't it? No, he is like all the way now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Even at, like, work when Ellie can't see? I don't know. I don't spy on him, but... Well... I, I have been out with him when she wasn't there, and he was vegetarian then, too. He was still vegetarian. Interesting. Oh, speaking of Ellie, by the way, I hope y'all... If, you're, if your last name is Roach, take this podcast out for two minutes. My girlfriend had this conspiracy theory that Ellie was pregnant. Interesting. Um, interesting. Interesting. Which, like... Okay, okay, hear me out. So, Ellie... My girl, I told her that Ellie was like a dancer and she was like, her boobs are way too big to be a dancer's. So yeah, she was like, have her boobs always been that big? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I've never looked. But then I was like, I don't know. I haven't really, like she wasn't around that much. And that was two years ago. And like, they were pretty big at that wedding. Um, Ellie wasn't drinking at the wedding, which isn't the weirdest thing for Ellie, but like, after my girlfriend proposed this theory, we like were both watching, and I don't think Ellie had a drink all night. And uh, finally, let me raise you further. They're buying a second house. Well, they're 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 not buying a second house. Like they're not gonna have two houses at once. Right, they're they're selling, like selling one house. They're upsizing their house. Specifically, Roach told me it's because they want more room. Uh, yeah, he but, said for puppies, but and I was also, like, oh, for like anything else. And he just like smiled and was like, 
uh, whatever, I don't know, and he got, like, very flustered. I don't know, man. Uh, you uh, want to uh, talk about uh, some more of these articles? We could call yeah, it the, the Thunder Round? Yeah, let's let's finish up. Yes, after lightning comes thunder. This article comes at you from sacbee.com, which is already off to a great start. Oh, it's the sacramentobee.com, which is their newspaper, I guess. Um, wow, that's a weird URL when you don't have any context. It's a Sacramento craft brewery that will deliver beer to your house. Now, um, we haven't we haven't read this article front to back here, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm for it. I'm Yeah, I mean, I have no moral objections. I hope they do it, like, I don't know. I've never been so, like, short on craft beer that I order it, but then I guess I go to the liquor store somewhat frequently to get new, to re-up. Is this, uh, does it say only only cans, it looks like? So, yeah, I mean, they're not stocking your downstairs speakeasy. Well, what I'm looking for is kegs, because we, uh, we've got a kegerator on the way. Ooh. So, yeah, Tyler and Becca got us a custom wedding tap handle as a, as a wedding present, which is lovely, but we yeah, don't have no, a use for cool. it. So now we're just getting a kegerator. Which we totally should have done like a year ago, but I love it. We it's st- sort of like they got you a hubcap, and you were just like, "Well, now we have to get a car." Right? Yeah, but like we've had that keg and CO two tank from your kegerator that kind of broke down. Oh, dude, get rid of that keg. There's no way you want what's coming out of it. Well, I wasn't gonna just plug it in and drink it. I was gonna Wait, clean it. Keg? What? You still? Oh, you still have the pieces? You mean of the kegerator? No, I have. Not not the full keg rater. I have a CO2 tank and an empty keg. How do you have an empty keg? What the fuck? Wait, that's worth money. Yeah. Or is it yeah, it's keg? worth money. I bought it. I bought it with money, so now I have I'm it. Sorry. That's how goods work. I'm sorry. I thought you meant, like, because for a while I was just buying, like, pony kegs from, I forget the name of the place, but from one of the, the liquor stores there. And, like, hooking it up. And then, like, obviously when you buy a keg, you put down a deposit. I thought you were just sitting on, like... A keg that you could be returning for a deposit, like, but probably not because it's been three years or something now. No, because the plan was we were going to brew a beer and keg it and then use your kegerator. Yeah, but my dorm fridge didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, but your but our shitty homemade kegerator broke down, and so I just still have a keg from that and still have the CO2 tank from that. Oh, okay. So if we – I mean, I, I assume I'm going to start out with – buying kegs and obviously returning them for the deposits just like to to give it a few test runs but after that i'd like to to brew and keg some of our own stuff yeah nice um where'd you get the keg writer internet nice is it like a converted like chest freezer or something or just no we we even like have a chest freezer that i've been planning on converting for like a year and hadn't got around to actually more like two or three years yeah i remember that chest freezer (laughs) yeah before we met, really? Fuck. Yeah, I'm a real shithead. So, like, obviously I was never going to do that. So now we just have a chest freezer and also a kegerator, which was just, like, you, you can buy them prefab, which is not the, like, cool way to do it, but it's probably the more grown-up way to do it, and it's the way that's it's less likely that we'll... I don't know what we did to yours. We, like, ruptured a Freon tube or something. The problem was there was, like, a little freezer on top that we had to, like, bend out of the way, but that was how the entire fridge cooled itself, it turns out. And we just basically bent the same wire too many times, and it, like, popped. Yeah. And see, those those things aren't constructed to be converted. They just can be. Correct. So we're buying one that comes pre-converted, except it's not even converted, just, like... 
just is constructed to be a kegerator. Yeah. Excellent. Which is what grown-ups do, I think. Oh, it is. Cool. Um, let's move on to the BS arguments of craft beer sellouts. How brewery buyouts hurt craft beer. Oh, excuse me. Um, so I'm actually being paged for work right now. That's, dude, that's fine. I'll tell you what, can we, can we lightning to rate, rate town and rate our beers real quick and then I'll deal with this? Yeah, uh, that's fine. You, well, you go first and then I'll do it into an open void. Okay, sounds good. Cool. So on the show today, I drank the Lagunitas Ale 12th of Never Lagunitas, which is how it's written on the can top to bottom. Uh, get your shit right, Lagunitas. It's the 12th of Never Ale. It is 5.5%. It's like a drinkable uh, American Pale Ale, I guess, is the official style. And I thought it was actually good. It's I bought it in a 12-pack. It was not that much more than like a PBR 12-pack, given that it was super cheap and went down very well. It had a bit of hops, but not too much. I want to give it like a 7. Like I don't think this style will ever wow me enough to get that much higher, but I think it's really good for what it was. I'd recommend it to people who want to impress at their next uh, barbecue or lawn party. Uh, I think this would be a great outdoorsy beer to drink while you're uh, grilling up some meats. But it's a little better than your average swill. So there it goes. Nice. Well, you hop off and deal with your very, very important work issue. And oh. I'll talk to you later on. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. See ya. Okay, The Void. Just to remind you, I had Dark Horse Brewing's Sapient Trip Ale. Are still here? That's adorable. <coughs> you guys are the cutest. It's a Belgian-style triple. The The art on here is actually kind of neat. It's, for whatever reason, uh, the Grim Reaper has a mailbox, and there's mail flying either in or out of it. Oh, I guess he's also a mailman. Unclear. I don't understand. This seems like it's a reference to something, but I don't get it. So this person's an interesting one. I feel like there have been a few times that I've had a style that I don't particularly like. You know, like a Goza or you know a, a regular sour or i don't actually know if i've ever had a pilsner on here before but you know a style i don't like and i've had a really good version of it and i've kind of said you know this has all these positive traits but it's still this style that i think tastes like shit so it's gotten an okay rating but i've had mostly positive things to say about it but it still you know isn't gonna get anywhere because i don't like it and so this is kind of the opposite i feel like this is not that good of a triple, but fuck do I love triples. And it is 9.5, so it's getting that part right. So uh, I'm going to give this a 6.7, you know, which is probably the lowest I've ever gone with a Belgian. I don't really have anyone to recommend this to because it, it really just, just does kind of taste like a triple with some off flavors in it. I guess if you've never had a triple before and you want a not so good triple so that later on when you have a really good triple you'll get to have your mind blown twice then i would recommend this i think if you've never had a triple before and you have this you'll be like this is fucking amazing because goddamn guys triple is such a good style but that's as close as i can come to a recommendation uh, i guess this is just me i'll do the wrap up thanks for listening to episode i think 205 but i guess we'll find out mike boris was with me i'm sam ginsburg do we usually do that? I don't think we do. It felt right. So, anywho, our Twitter is at Tuesday. You can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. All the good shits at bruisetoos.com. And I don't know what I'm drinking next week. I'm very bad at this part. Don't let the bastards keep you down. Bye!